one of the best performances I've seen in my life is this man, John Fogarty, in Phoenix opening up for John Mellencamp. He was fantastic, and he's got a new song out, Weeping in the Promised Land. He joins us now. John, how are you? Hello, John. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah, I just we just watched the video for the prominent weeping in the promised land. Woo, it's a great video, and I really dig that gospel uh, turn it takes about a third of the way in. Ah, oh, thanks so much. Hey, what made you decide? I mean, it, it looks like from the video, you put a lot of time and effort into it when the video is something a lot of artists did 20 years ago. Talk about how long you took to film it and explain to the audience kind of about the video. Oh, well, of course, the video is reflective of the song. Um, had a great photographer um, who, was, who had access, you know, to drones and stuff like that, more technology. Um, but filming, of course, to the song, and really all I had to do was sit there at the piano and sing my song a few times while cameras were flying around and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, I think the real secret there comes after you have all that. It, it's kind of like trying to gather your thoughts when you're a songwriter. In the same way, if you're a filmmaker, you've got all this film, but you have to gather it all and you know turn it into something that makes sense. Uh, John Fogarty is with us this morning, and the new single, Weeping in the Promised Land. So the lyrics, I mean, right out of today's headlines, whether it's Trump in the entire year of 2020, did it take you months where you would add a line here, add a verse there, or did you just sit down and it just all came out in one, you know, in an hour or something? <laughs> I wish that was <laughs> I wish that was true. Um, no, I actually wrote this title down years ago, maybe 25, 30 years oh. ago, in my little songwriting book. Um, and I kind of had, you know, when I wrote it down, I remember having a real sense that it gave me pause, you know, and I was a lot younger guy. Uh, and I, wow, and, you know, it just kind of looked biblical and looked really sorrowful. Um, I, I made an attempt at a song a few years ago, but it, it really didn't ring true. I actually went to the point of recording that with some uh, musicians. And, you know, it kind of didn't hit the mark, and I tabled that one. Um, and then last summer, you know, I mean, real life kind of just caught up with the, the song title. I was about in July of last year, I was feeling like, well, you know, we're all locked down. Maybe I should start writing some music that I can at least put out, you know, eventually. Um, and I saw that title again, and I went, whoa. Whoa, that kind of says it, doesn't it? Sure does. Uh, then I started trying to write the song, and it became a big, long odyssey for me. I mean, it it took months. I would go out and I'd go out to these national parks we have kind of near my home in California, you know, within uh, a half day's drive at the most, uh, and sit under a tree. And, you know, I, mainly I would just write down a lot of thoughts, really not verses, you know, it'd be thoughts. And finally, after just weeks of doing that, I saw the line, water in the well. And I really, that, that kind of was the anchor. I started there. And I realized, wow, the water in the well has been poisoned and eventually poisoned with lies. And 
you know, from from there I kind of had a perspective because that's that is you know water, it's especially in the old times, um, that would be so important. There'd be no other source. Right. You, know? you couldn't go get some bottled water somewhere, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, if somebody poisons the well, the whole community, you know, the whole tribe is in, you probably got to move. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So uh, that was it. It, it, it. The rest of it was sort of tied into that thought of all the things that, that kind of go around that. And I, you know, it, it seemed like the, some of the thoughts, at least, you know, I happen to have a liberal bent and that's, that's not a secret at all. And therefore, we're in our country grappling with a, certainly right now, with a, a few different issues. Um, and we seem to have so much trouble facing them and getting organized and uh, resolving them. And that's a bit of what this song's about. You know, and I, I think, John, with a lot of, you know, we got a lot of, you know, we play rock music and your song is on, you know, you can't go a few hours without hearing you on this radio station. But for some of the list, younger listeners out who know you but don't know about you, maybe spend uh, a little bit, you know, because I don't think people realize that during the Vietnam War, you were kind of a voice of a generation. And that's heavy. Do you ever look back and go, holy crap, man, that that was what I did back then was humongous. <laughs> I don't really look at it. Oh, I remember joking uh, back in the late 60s. Where, where's that telephone? I need to get in touch with my generation. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. Because all of that stuff gets a little uh, blown out of proportion. Um, as a kid, really, in the, in the 60s, I was just kind of reacting to things that were, uh, you know, around affecting a kid. It, in those days, of course... Being a guy, there was a draft, and there was the Vietnam War that I, that most people of my generation felt was really uh, the wrong thing to be doing. And then we we had an administration. I'm talking now about the Nixon administration, but LBJ was sort of in. You know, he was a Democrat in the same boat. Those those folks seemed to be not in touch at all with uh, the young people who are going to have to go fight that war. So that was uh, that was part of the excuse me the basis of our emotion right then at that time, and um, several songs came out of me sort of reflecting those feelings. And you know, you, do you ever reflect back and think, my God, I mean, time fly, Vietnam, the draft, all of that, and then in 2020, I've got a YouTube channel, I'm releasing <laughs> vinyl again for the second time, things are coming out, your Fogarty's factory, and I mean, do you ever look back and just go, wow, what are you, have seen your life has been awesome, really an, an incredible run, man. Well, I've certainly lived in uh, interesting times. Yeah. Used to say, um, yeah, it, it has passed rather quickly for me, and I'm probably like anybody my age. I, you know, wish I could turn around and just do it all over again. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I probably, I'd probably fix a whole bunch of things. I, I do not. I'm not one of those people that think I wouldn't make changes. I, <laughs> I made a whole bunch of mistakes, 
And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming clean yeah. on our show. Yeah, yes. Wow, John. Oh, my God. You know, I, I used to think my uh, my tombstone would say, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, we know you're short on time. I wanted to ask you, though, because one of your solo songs, Centerfield, so iconic, we're sports fans. Was there a particular inspiration? Were you watching a game? Was there a certain player that for, uh, behind Centerfield? Well, uh, it's not one moment, but several connected. There used to be only one game on television. It was on Saturday. You know, there was there was no baseball all week long because the network, there was only three networks. Right. Channels, yep. Therefore, they had other stuff to do, um, you know, game shows and whatever. But on Saturday afternoon, there'd be what they called the game of the week. So yep. you were really focused to get to watch a baseball game on TV. And I know I'd sit there and be, be watching, you know, different teams. This was a national show, so it wasn't by any means your special team or your favorite team. But there'd be a lot of moments, you know, where, uh, let's say, the manager should be putting in a new pitcher, or maybe they had a rookie sitting on the bench, you know, and you just knew he could save the day. And I'd be yelling at the TV, put me in, coach! Put me in, coach! I mean, I, I did that constantly. Um and one day while I was, I had come up with that guitar lick and I started kind of, I knew that it was a baseball song. It's kind of funny. And I started playing and, you know, just various ideas were bouncing around and suddenly I started singing, put me in coach because I always said that. Wow. In the, in the weird way that songwriters, you know, finally yeah. get clear. That's, that's how it happened. Oh, John, thank you so much. Keep it in the promised land. You're an icon. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. All righty. Bye-bye.